All right, welcome in to the Tuesday edition of the Clay Edwards Show. I appreciate y'all bearing with us there. We uh, The rain is not always friendly to our power supply around here at the tower site and whatnot. We are up on backup power, so the static is a little... A little rough, man. Uh, hey, we appreciate you tuning in. The podcast will be available, and it will be crystal clear. We should have everything situated here shortly. I am live in the Mack Hike of Flowood Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios here at the lovely Cotton Exchange Plaza out here in Flora, Mississippi. It is our testimonial Tuesday show, and uh, before we jump into that, real quick, they say Trump's going to announce he's running for president tonight. What do you think? You excited? We'll talk, we'll talk about that tomorrow. That'll be a big show tomorrow, so be sure you tune in for the fallout of the Trump announcement tonight. All right, I am joined live here in the studio by Brad with Brad Burleson. Brad uh, reached out to me. I made a post on Facebook the other day. Wanted to talk to some people, you know, that have dealt with addiction and any aspect of it, not just as the addict, but the families of them and, and everything. Cause I've been both. I've been the addict. I've been the alcoholic and I've been the family member that's had to deal with both, both sides of that coin. So I've kind of been around it a bunch. I like hearing other people's stories. Uh, I don't mean that a bad way. You know, I'm not like a weirdo, but you know, you, you, you like to hear how other people dealt with it and overcame it or what they're dealing with. And <clears throat> Brad reached out and we were able to make the schedule work. And here we are. He's got a very interesting story. I think you guys will be interested. Brad, thank you for joining us this morning. Morning, man. Thanks for for having me in. This is a uh, this is a big operation you got going on here. It, it, it's a lot of moving parts. Well, we see it. Uh, something goes down, and, and uh, it kind of rocked the boat a little bit. But I'm glad to get it rolling again. Hey, look. Worst case scenario, we were going to record a podcast and, and put it out there. We we it was not going to be a wasted effort today. That's I right. can I can assure you, I ain't driving all the way from Brandon to Florida for nothing. <laughs> That's right. In the rain, nonetheless. We were talking um a minute ago about driving at night, and I said, "Man, I can't see." to drive in the rain at night it, it almost died 12 times between the dealership and home last night driving at 471 and you said man now i know what my grandfather meant when he said he hated driving at night and i mean i made fun of my dad so bad when he said he couldn't see to drive and yada 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 dad i'm sorry it's here it, it, it's it's legit it, it, it has made it and my regular listeners know that these super bright headlights yeah. I, I hate them yeah despise them and i've got them in both my vehicles to fight back of course you had to fight fire with fire but uh it, it kills me when those things come at me all right brad tell us man so you had a brother and a sister-in-law that both passed away due to addiction and you have if i remember correctly, you said you have custody of or you're raising their three children now yeah so i mean my family was rocked uh, by addiction and it was in the form of prescription medication um you know, we we didn't grow up in a, a house that battled drug addiction or anything like that. It, this is something that I think everyday Americans are fighting with this this form of addiction that you carry on your day to day life, but sometimes living a double life in the background and you don't know about. Um, th- this whole thing for me, you know, sitting here talking today, it's it's not something I'm looking for anything out of, but. Um, Help is a ripple effect, and if anything I have to say could get one person's attention, that could ripple to that person affecting three more people, and, and that's really all I'm looking for. I just, If we could keep one family from going through the disaster that I've had over the last well, several years, but especially the last year to year and a half, it's, it's worth my time. It's worth me kind of going out on blast here and, and just kind of putting some things to rest and, and uh, you know, 
telling the story, and that's what that's what I'd like to do. Absolutely. Well, let's start at the beginning, man. You guys, so y'all just grew up in a normal suburban household, uh, mom and dad, the whole nine yards. Oh yeah, man. South South Jackson. Um, you know, I was uh, at Hillcrest Christian all through uh, elementary school through graduation. And, when did and you graduate? Two thousand two. My sister was in two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my brother was uh, two thousand and one, so right behind me there. Okay. Um, but what was your What was your brother's name? Sure, my brother's Wes Burleson. Um, played baseball um, all through you know his uh, high school career, but even was able to play at the collegiate level. Um, you know, again, all American family, doing everything we are. Um, and we'll kind of get in deeper, but my first thoughts are you just got to know who you're surrounding yourself by. And I think that is what can lead to a spiral um, that can affect just a very small decision that kind of starts a big effect for the rest of your life. And, oh, a- absolutely. I mean, I'll never forget the first person that offered me a pain pill was a girl I was dating mm-hmm. and she was still in her grandmother's pain pills. And she's like, try this. And I, frankly, I hated it. The first time I took it, it made me sleepy. It made me itch the whole nine yards. But for some reason, she just kept feeding them to me. And next thing you know, I'm strung out on pain pills, you know, and that was a, that was coming off of a amphetamine um, addiction. So I just kind of traded one for the other. One was more functional, but it did, it, it man. And then, I got in a car accident, messed my back up, and then the doctor kept started giving them to yep. me. And it, it was on at that point, you know. I could just go buy more, refill my bottle, just make sure they were the yellow, they were the yellow Norcos and matched what it said on the uh, the label there, and refill, refill, refill before the refills. And, and and that story and pattern you're talking about is so eerie similar that you know, you have one event that that really may legit need those. But then you start seeing how everyone else can help feed that, and it just goes on and on. And, you know, I, want, I want to walk down that, that path with you. Let's go. Uh, yeah, what it does is what I learned and how I became uh, addicted, and thank God, man, I was able to get off that. I was sitting in a pain management clinic one day, filling out, circling the smiley and sad faces on the chart. Yep. And it's kind of the same story, frankly, of that I said about was telling you about how I decided I wasn't going to do amphetamines anymore. I was looked around the room at the people I was in the room with mm-hmm. and said, would I be in here with any of these people if it wasn't for drugs? And the answer was no, I wouldn't. Right. And that kind of helped me remove myself. That and some family intervention simultaneously helped remove me from that situation. <clears throat> and then I was sitting in the pain clinic, throwing out those smiley faces. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not doing I got up and walked out of the pain clinic. It was right there in that, that uh, hospital they built at Ridgewood and kind of behind Outback and the car dealerships and all that right there, there was a pain management clinic in there. And I just got up and walked out. And for the most part, that was it. But um, that was the end of me getting from a doctor anyway. Right. And then it just became such a pain in the butt. And they became so expensive that I just, they've priced me out of taking pain pills (laughs) at the end of the day. When they went from $5 a piece to $20 a piece, I'm like, y'all can have this crap. I'm not doing it no more. Well, I think that's what I've found or been told is the the harder stuff, the the real serious drugs, and I don't know if there is one, they're cheaper to get than the pain pills. Well, that's what that was the un, the, the rule of unintended consequences. When I look, I love Donald Trump, but when he decided to really crank up the fight on opioids yeah. and uh, making it harder for doctors to write the scripts just, and just making it harder to get pain pills, people were still going to get opioids. They, they that's why fentanyl happened. There's another rule. It's kind of like the iron law of the drug. I, I, the, our, my host that follows me here, Mike Madison, talks about it a lot about the the war on drugs and or the war on uh, 
or what is it where uh, prohibition yeah the iron iron law of prohibition when you eliminate when you make something harder to get somebody f- makes something easy to get and that's where fentanyl comes in yeah and the pill presses have cranked up even locally i'm talking um i I have just immersed myself in information over the last year about this and um you know the madison county sheriff's department they've got a really strong task force that's fighting it but they know that the pill presses are making these pills that are packed full of fentanyl but they look just like they came out of a pharmacy yeah madison rankin county are definitely making these people pay when they catch them yeah you know, these, these one pill can kill these people who are selling kids fentanyl pills that they think is a Lorset or Percocet or whatever. And it's not, I mean, they are making them pay, but there's too many of them. It's happening faster than they can obviously keep up with it. Yeah. You know, so I guess so let's talk about your brother, man. Uh, <clears throat> how did he end up in the world of pain pills and yeah. all that? So let's go back when I said you got to know who you surround yourself with. Um, I, I know how we were raised, and I know, um, you know the, the thoughts that were put into our head around taking anything that is not prescribed to you. But when you get into relationships with people, whether it be through college, as you're you know, kind of forming your adult years, getting married to other folks, you got to know who you're getting in the foxhole with, and you got to know what their background is. You got to know what morals are set forward. And a little bit of that started um, where it was just easier access maybe uh, to play around with some substances, right? Well, that's that's where I would initially start the circumstance where it, where it began. But uh, as I said, truth be told, there was a, a really severe accident that happened. I believe it was 2017. Uh, my brother fell 18 feet from a roof. He was a roofer. That's what he did. Uh, had to be airlifted into UMC. Broke half his body, bones, brain bleeds, uh, ribs, everything. And what that accident does is it gives you immediate access. I mean, that's that's what the product's here for. Was he already taking them recreationally at that point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, but again, that, that goes to the story of uh, the family that he had, had married into. The company you keep. Yeah, the company you keep. You know, that old saying, you look at the five closest people in your circle, that's what you're going to become if you're not already there. And um, that that company was always one that said, oh, you're having a bad day? Here's this to bring you up. Ah, you can't go to sleep? Here's this to help you go down. And that just, that shakes to my, to my core now looking back over the years that I knew what was going on, but I didn't really know what was going on. Well, it, it's hard to know when it comes to pills. You, you know, unless you have gone through it yourself right. or unless you, 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 you start to find the obvious things and talking a lot. And, and I, I do go to bunch of opioids here, you know, always happy, this forced happy, you know, or, or immediate crashes, you know, it's either, it's a high or low, like a bipolar type thing. There's never, there's never an in between. And, um, those, those are the things I try to tell people to look out for, you know, somebody super excited one day and the next day they're just, they hate the world. They're probably on some type of prescription meds, uh, whether they're prescribed or illegal. You are, you're right. So, man, if I take a deep breath or a pause as we kind of walk through that story, it, it's still emotional. It's still fresh for me, but this is a fight that I'm ready to go after. I have uh, had the opportunity to talk to folks on an individual basis, but I haven't had a platform like this. And, and that's really what, you know, maybe this is the first one, maybe this is the last one, I don't know, but I'm going to take this fight so that... Um, 
we can protect babies more than anything because the the three babies that I'll tell you about they didn't deserve to go through the the hell that that they really have. No, ain't, no, no doubt about it. No doubt. About it. I tell you what. Let's take our first break here. When we come back, let's start with it. Yeah, let's go to the time. All right. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We're live with Brad Burleson on our Testimonial Tuesday show here in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios. We'll be right back after this break on 103.9 WYAB. All right, welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. We are live here in the Mack Hike of Flowood Studios. And heck, this segment will be brought to you by Mack Hike of Flowood Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, located right there on Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. Um, Our good friend, Corey McDonald, the general manager out there, one best car guy in uh, the, I think it's the Clan Ledger's Best of Awards. So congratulations to Corey. Well-earned, well-earned award. Look, get out there. And see them. Everybody wants to know a guy. Well, now you know three. They got the one of the best management staffs in the business right there at Mack Hike Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. You can shop them online. They've got all kind of specials and whatnot going on on Ram trucks this month. Mack Hike Flowood CDJRF dot com. Or if they go into the uh, dealership there, just let them know. Hey, I heard it on the Clay Edwards show. That is Mack Hike of Flowood right there in Rankin County on Lakeland Drive. All right, <clears throat> we're joined in studio this morning. By Brad Burleson. It's our testimonial Tuesday. And he is, uh, we're talking about uh, addiction from the family's point of view and what the family has to go through when someone is addicted. And uh, Brad's got a powerful, powerful testimony. And this is his first opportunity to tell it publicly, or at least to the, on, on this size platform. And we're looking forward to hearing it, uh, sadly, anyway. And he, um, he is now the, the father of three of three children that uh, he had to adopt after his brother and his sister-in-law passed away from addiction. So we're going to pick up at his brother being airlifted after falling off a roof. Yeah. Brad. So uh, he was working up and I think it was Greenville uh, Delta streets Academy was uh, a school that he was taking a look at a roof at. They were getting ready to do a, a project there. Um, a good friend of his named T Mac is the, the headmaster, I believe of that school. But anyway, uh, he fell off of that roof, and you know, T Mac called me and said, "Hey, man, we we got a problem." I was thinking he fell and broke his arm, and whatnot. So I'm I'm on the road, headed up to to that area to go pick him up. And then about 20 minutes later, they call and say, "Hey, you might want to turn around. The helicopter's on the way." And I'm like, "What? That's that's not quite what I thought you were going to tell me about." Nice intense. Yeah. So uh, funny story. At least how they have it set up. That I'm surprised it does this. They got him in an ambulance from there, drove to Winona. I meet the helicopter and the ambulance at the Holiday Inn Express in Winona, and that's their landing zone. But that's their their rendezvous point. Well, it's, this is Winona. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So Options are limited. They uh, they get him in there and, and head towards UMC. Um, of course, I'm trucking it. I think I'm pretty much right behind the helicopter uh, by the time they arrived so that that tells you how big of a deal it was to me but we got there and you know long story short is is he healed up but that does open the door for somebody that was already having some issues um for a husband and wife quite honestly to, to share a bottle and to have some opportunities to uh sneak down into a rabbit hole probably oh, yeah look no doubt i was thinking about it yesterday kind of randomly I, a song came on that took me back to a dark place and <clears throat> it, and it reminded me of the crap that I put up with when I was dating an addict. This is 10, 15 years ago. And it's like, well, it, it, you feel like if you're not giving her pills that she's going to leave you for somebody that will, that's a terrible, terrible place to be. But I think a lot of people have been there. So you just, and from the girl's point of view as well, you know, I'm sure there's guys that are doing the same thing. Um, 
it, it's a terrible point of view. So it catches you doing things that you wouldn't probably normally do because you want to try to appease this other crazy person. And it, man, it just makes for this emotional roller coaster, and you're taking yourself outside your comfort zone, and you're hanging out with people you wouldn't hang out with. So the the accident was in February of seventeen. Yeah, it was right around spring break, so I think it was right February, in March, March yeah. somewhere so, in there. So, and when did he pass? October thirteenth of twenty twenty one. So it hasn't been right at a, just a little over a year. Just a little over a year for us now. Um, so, kind of our model of of our relationship is I checked in on my brother every day of my life. I feel like, but certainly as adults, and uh, it was just funny how we gravitated to a three o'clock call every day. I would schedule. If anybody knows me, um, you know, I'm, I'm a real estate broker and I have about every hour of my day scheduled with something, but I always tried to leave that first 15 minutes of three o'clock open and, and we'd make calls to each other. Just how's the day going? How's the girls? Um, I always knew the answer was going to be, we're good. We're good. Uh, that's, that's literally just what always came out, but I had to have that phone call to kind of put me at ease too. So, um, on September 25th of 2019, I was headed to a listing appointment to list the house in Reunion out in Madison. I remember exactly where I was. And I called my brother, and he answered, and I literally couldn't make out a word that he said. Uh, he was crying so adamantly. Uh, he just said, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Uh, and, I, you know, I thought he hit somebody or I didn't know what I was supposed to have to pull him out of. Yeah. And uh, he had just gotten a call about five minutes before that that his wife's best friend had found her at their home that she had passed away. We didn't know what a cause was. Um, of course, I probably had my own suspicions at that point, but we had no idea. Uh, and ultimately found that you know his, his wife had passed away of a uh, an overdose, which was later to be found fentanyl. Yeah, kind of a, had bought some bad pills. Yeah, that's, that's what did they doing. did they find the person that she got them from? No, uh, and I don't know how you. I really don't know how you would if if you don't ever have an admonishment that I have a problem. If you don't ever have somebody snap up and say this is who I'm buying them from, there's really no way to chase that rabbit down. Well, I mean, I, I think there is. You know, if you well, you can always go to the cell phone if you have the passwords. I mean, because there, there was probably some text messages and stuff of that nature. I mean, at least that's where my mind goes, because uh, most addicts are. Yeah, I'm thumping on my phone for those who can't hear for dramatic effect there, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. And I've never lived that life. I, yeah. I didn't know what to be searching for. Uh, there's no model. There's no book for the path that I'm walking down. I'll tell you, if there yeah. is, I wished I would have read it, but. I thought maybe I should write it to help somebody out because there is no blueprint for this. Uh, There's not. So at that point, you move your brother and the three kids in with you and your wife? Yeah, so... um, And do you have any kids of your own? Yeah, I had one daughter. So my wife and I went from one to four overnight. Um, That's that's the story I tell all the time is we thought we had the the world by the tail, scheduling and where we go and what we did. It was real easy at that point, and uh, it's definitely changed, but... I had the privilege that night, and I'm jokingly saying that, of telling those three babies that their mama passed away because my brother couldn't get the words out at that point. Again, he was just so so emotional. Um, so I remember sitting in their living room there at their home and, and trying to describe in the best way I could that their mom had passed away. Um, so never again from that night forward did uh, my brother or the kids go back to that house. They moved in with, with us that next day pretty much. Uh, we have a unique setup where uh, my parents live next door to me, so we have a little compound kind of 
I did. Look, we couldn't have made it through that that period of time if it wasn't for this village helping to get these kids pointed in a, in the right direction in a very emotional time. Well, it was the best of a bad situation. It was. It was, it was God's blessings, and I can look back over time, and I hope to remember to point this out as I'm telling it in the timeline of you know looking back and seeing what God's timing was really doing for us. Um, <clears throat> so you get your brother moved in. Cool. And there's about a... When did she pass away? September 25th of 2019. So Almost know. three years. No, two, two years. years. Two, two years. Two, two years. So tell us about your brother, why he's living with you, and his, I guess, what becomes his spiral down. Yeah. Well, y- you lose your, your spouse, and that's probably a reason for a lot of folks to hop on a wagon and, and start spiraling, right? Um, yeah. I'm sitting there trying to lead him on the straight and narrow every single day. Um, you know, my parents are involved as well. And, and he's got these three babies that are looking back at him. And, and wouldn't you believe that that's enough to keep anybody not wanting to have the same outcome that they just watched their spouse have. And, and I'm not saying that he didn't have those days that, where everything was great and good, but there was a lot of days that, um, you know, we had some tough conversations that, that we had to get this thing straightened out. And, what I have learned is this grip that opioids has on a human being, it is one of the greatest things to overcome that you'll ever fight. The, the greatest battle that you'll ever overcome is this uh, feeling that it gives you, right? It is. It makes you feel like, have you ever had to take pain pills for, for anything? I've never. Okay. So it makes you, and I look, guys, I'm bearing all here. You know, I'm not going to hold back today. It, it makes you feel like, you can conquer the world. There is no feeling like an opioid high, not no meth, not no anything else. Nothing on this planet will make you feel like what an opioid will make you feel like. It will make, it makes all your problems wash away. It's like pulling a warm blanket over you on a cold day. I mean, it is magic and they should be absolutely 100% illegal. (laughs) I mean, period. They should just do away with them. Nothing should be that good. Um, but of course it just, that would just eliminate more of a black market. So we can't do that, but nothing should make anybody feel that numb to the problems. Um, so yeah, I completely understand what the depression of losing someone that you're close to your, your wife, your kid's mother, um, what that could do to somebody who's already going down those tracks. And it's just, it's, it ain't gas on a fire. It's jet fuel. You lose your will to even get out of bed. You know, I've got these kids that are, hey, they got to go to school in 20 minutes. You know, let's, let's get moving. And I'm just thinking you're dragging butt because you're you're in a bad mind space. Um, over the years, I've, again, tried to research and find, and there was a show on Hulu called Dope Sick that I watched and yeah. just got immersed in it. And I think that helped me more than anything really see the the effects. Was this p- before or after he died? After. So after. It, it, it lets you understand that you're not alone. Yeah. You know, that other people have fought this fight and gone through this struggle. And that's why I want to do this show. And it's why I'm so glad that you reached out because I want people to be able to spot these things. And like you said in the intro, if we just, they would help one person. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what, I think that's what every person in some form of recovery or another says when they give their testimonies, like, man, if I can just help one person. And I, and I believe that to be true. I don't think that is just a cliche that people throw out there. And um, I know that we have fortunately been able to help some people or at least get people going down the right track since we started doing this um, from them reaching out to our guests and whatnot. So I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Um, all right. So 
your, your brother's he's going down that path. Yeah. I mean, we don't we don't have to get into the no. the horrible parts of you know of addiction. Everybody can paint that picture can paint itself. <clears throat> we're d- we're doing everyday life, man. Again, yeah. um, was your brother working? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was a roofer by trade, and he kind of uh, migrated from one company to the other, selling roofs and um, you know making decent money with it. But again, every dime that he was making, I truly feel like was going back to feed habits more so than pay the bills or take care of what was needed to be done. And you hear the word enabling, and I look back, and maybe I was because I was taking care of all the kids at that point. Yeah, they were they were with me creating the opportunity for the freedom and yeah. and everything and <clears throat> that's something i'm trying to learn about is the enabler side of things i've seen it i've been the enabler i've I've been enabled i mean I've, I've been on all sides of that and it's it's an onion i'm trying to peel back a little bit more from a different point of view now and you can't feel guilty about it i mean you did you were doing what you thought was the right thing and i wasn't gonna let the kids miss out on anything yeah what did they do to deserve to punish them this? yeah yeah um, by but, leaving them in a toxic situation that you could have assisted in. Well, yes, but just them not having the needs that they, they wanted, whatever that may be, because they were with my daughter. We're going to do the things that are right. So yeah. they're just going to be included in that. Obviously, I treated them like they were mine then. Now, you know, they're, they're my nieces, but they're my daughters now. How old were they? Yeah, so uh, at the time, they were nine um, doing the math here, nine, seven, no, nine, six, and three. So two of them old enough to know that mommy ain't coming home. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the three-year-old starts to notice something, somebody's missing. Um, and that's, that's how old they were when the mom passed away? That's cr- yeah, that when they came to live with us, that's, that's how old they so were. So add two years to when you're, yeah. and at that point, everybody understands daddy ain't coming home. That's right. So now I have, again, four girls, but two 12-year-olds, uh, and these are all females in my house. Two 12-year-olds. <laughs> I got an 8-year-old. Story of my life. Exactly. And then the littlest one is about to turn six next month. And, you know, um, you never know who's going to be emotional what day. But my wife's the rock star of this whole team. She she stepped up. You know, that <clears throat> that's what gets me emotional. The, the day they came to live with us, she quit her job because she knew she just had to be a mama. And she is the one that has given them a bookend on either side to know who their security blanket is. So and that, that's amazing that you got that support yeah. there. Um, so you had to tell the kids both times that their parents died? Both times I had the unwanted privilege to tell them that they've lost their mama and their daddy. Um, you know, neither one, neither time did they see some horrible, gruesome scene Um and so when you come at a child from a place that tries to just let them know what's going on without really letting them know what's going on, it's a tough place to be. All right. We're going to take a break here. But before we do, I, I want to say, so I got to take a break to gather myself. But if you're getting high today, if you're listening to this and you're, and I know I got a lot of different listeners. If you're listening to this and you're, and, and you're chasing down some pills today, you're chasing down a drug today, you're figuring out, how you're going to get your fix today. I want you to hear this because these are the unintended consequences that you're leaving on your family. It could be something like this. It could be your brother, your sister, your mother, your dad having to tell your kids that you ain't coming home. I want y'all to understand that that's why we're doing this today. I want this to hit people. If you're a family that's got an addict in the family, you need to talk to them. Get any, get help any way you can by any means necessary, whether it's through your church through law enforcement, I mean, 
I've got all kinds of ideas as far as that goes, but talk to them or get help. If you need help, find them help, reach out. You know, we've got a network in place. We know people that can get the ball rolling anyway. All right, this is the Clay Edwards Show. We're joined by Brad Burleson in the Mack Hike of Flowood Studios. We'll be right back on 103.9 WYAB. All right, welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. This segment is going to be brought to you by Watchman Security Services. Uh, you can shop them online uh, and inquire about them online at watchmansecure.com. Locally and family-owned for 35-plus years right here in central Mississippi, based out of Pearl. Uh, Eric Knight and his son got it going on down there. Man, look, if you need indoor or outdoor cameras, security systems, gate access, smart doorbells, thermostats, and more, hit up Watchman Secure, Watchman Security Services. Hey, also, they are an official Alarm.com service provider for 15-plus years. That is Nathan and Eric Knight right there in Pearl, Mississippi. You can give them a call today at 601-955-9952. Or, again, shop them online. See all the products they offer at WatchmanSecure.com. That's Watchman, not Watchmen, M-A-N, Secure.com. All right, I am joining the studio. I had the honor this morning of having Brad Burleson coming in here and telling the story from the family member's point of view on addiction. And we're kind of at the point in the story where he has his brother and his and his three nieces living with him and his family after they've discovered that his uh, sister-in-law had passed away from addiction or from a bad pill yeah. uh, that was loaded with fentanyl. <clears throat> and... It, so in this story, and guys, I'm sorry if I get a little choked up this morning. This is this is a difficult conversation to have with somebody because I'm going through thinking about how this easily could have been my family um, finding me dead and uh, the ripple effects that would have had. So bear with me a little bit. Um, so you you did in that two years before between your between the sister in law dying and your brother passing, your brother's living with you. You tell me you did get him into rehab, like some very successful rehab or very expensive rehab. Anyway, you did ninety days out in Texas at a thousand dollars a day. Yeah, I mean it was it was a fantastic place. Twelve step programs, um, really shut off from the world for that period of time. And and believe me, I think those are the things that you need. You have to be able to completely cut off from whether what's dragging you down, maybe the bad connections that you're made. And I'm not even sure that ninety days is enough for for. a a true addiction so i'm kind of learning that on the backside too um the thing that i would say that i was let down the most of is when something like that is over and you do come back to real life it hits you all at once it's like a ton of bricks i just saw it firsthand um you know the sponsor that you have in place isn't available uh maybe nobody wants to step up and be that full-time sponsor for somebody and look i am i was that person for him but i didn't have the experience, the street smarts, the knowledge to be able to help an addict go through that. No, look, sometimes an addict has to hear it from another addict that's been down the same broken road. Yeah, it, 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 There's a thing called credible messengers. And um, it, normally it's for violence intervention and stuff like that. But I could definitely, I definitely see where it's kind of the same thing here. You, you, it's almost you need a credible messenger, somebody who's walked, that, again, that same broken road as you have to understand where you've been, even though, that person may not be possible. It can't be possible for them to love that person like you love your brother. Right. And and I see it professionally. And what I do, as I said, as a real estate broker, when you hire somebody like me, 
I'm hired to tell somebody all the pitfalls and this is how we get through this situation because it's happened to me before and I can take them down that path. I hadn't been through the path that he was he was fighting. I hadn't been through the good days or the bad days right after you come out of uh, a safe bubble because that's where you were for 90 days. You didn't have the temptations that life throws at you. You didn't have the same people calling your cell phone because you didn't have a cell phone. So um, that that was a tough period of time. And I look back and I know we're going into a break, but as I look back, I see God's blessings on our family over this two-year period that what he allowed us to do from the time sister-in-law passed away uh, for the next two years, it allowed my wife and I to understand the nuances, the characteristics, the quirks of these three babies that would eventually become ours. You know, it, I laugh all the time. We can't go to a restaurant without my wife start spitting off this order of knowing who doesn't get mayonnaise, who doesn't get mustard. It's just it's things that's built into a mama that she learned of this two-year period. It was kind of a soft landing. It's exactly what it was. And you it know, gave them the sense of knowing... I don't have to worry when I go to bed at night because I know these two steady eddies are going to be here for me in the morning. Man, that is strong, brother. We got about a minute here before we go to a break. Um, well, here I'm going to tell you all this. Here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to kind of fill some air here. When we come back, we're going to tell you the story of what ends up happening when somebody passes unexpectedly that doesn't have a will, doesn't have anything in place, just how hard it was for Brad and his wife to, so, to even get these girls enrolled in school, huh. to go to the doctor, to get insurance, to do anything. Because at that point, they were legally orphans. They call them wards of the state, I guess. You know, they, they never left my possession. They never left home. But when you try to schedule an appointment, there is no parent. There is no guardian set up at that time. And that is incredible. Um, all right, look, we're going to take a break here. It's our top of the hour. We've got a whole other hour to go. We're going to really peel this onion back and dive into this. And then we're going to open up the phones and the text line and all that stuff. I'll give you all that information here as soon as we come back. This is the Clay Edwards Show. I'm live this morning on Testimonial Tuesday with Brad Burleson. We'll be right back. Back into the Clay Edwards Show. Appreciate you guys bearing with us this morning. I, I got, I've gotten all your texts and whatnot about the about our power situation. And, again, uh, the, some things are out of our control. We have a little power outage at the tower site. Um Somewhere between Jackson and Flora, all the power's out. And our tower is located in that area, so we're on backup power. Again, I appreciate everybody's patience. Um, if you if you just can't hear, the podcast will be available shortly, as soon as the show's over, sometime by, by 930. <clears throat> all right, this segment is going to be brought to you by Watkins Construction and Roofing, a roof repair. Hey, with all this weather going on here, you, you'll find out pretty quick if you've got a leaky roof, so keep this in mind. A roof repair can cause you a lot of stress. Choosing the right roofing company to repair your roof is going to be very important. Most contractors will try to convince you that replacement is the only way to go, and that is not the Watkins way. They believe in an honest assessment that doesn't necessarily mean replacement. Heck, in most cases, all you need is a repair. So whether you have a leaky roof, you need chimney repair, flat roof repair, roof water leak, shingle roof repair, metal roof repair, chimney flashing repair, they can handle it all. Watkins Construction Roofing is your go-to roof repair specialist. Give them a call today for your complimentary roof assessment at 601-966-8233 or check them out online, watkinsconstructioninc.com. All right. I've read that ad probably more than any other ad I've ever read on this show, so I appreciate Watkins Construction Roofing staying on board with us. I am joined in the studio this morning by Brad Burleson. Uh, we're 
knee deep in the story of his brother's and sister-in-law's addiction and the fallout of what happens when three three kids lose their mother and father to addiction and the ripple effects that has on the family. So we're going to pick up now in, in in the chapter where they're living with us. Well, I tell you, let's let's go back just a little bit. Just just reset this. You you discovered your brother. I don't know if we talked about that on air or not. You you, you found your brother passed away, right? I did. And then, so you had to tell the kids. We we did help we talk about this. You had to tell the kids both times that their parents had uh, unfortunately passed away. <clears throat> so it, it's that that first. So you said three days after your brother's passing, kids got sick, needed to go to the doctor. Yep. And no doctor would see them because why not? Insurance, this, that, and the other? Yeah. I mean, there was no guardian of those children at the time. And and let's, I guess, back up a little bit where I had attorneys working for us and helping us all through this period. While my brother was still alive after his wife passed away, we were we were in the battle, uh, middle of some battles where I, I had attorneys, you know, on payroll, if you will. And no one really quite expected anything to happen to my brother. So he was their parent and he was their guardian and, and he kind of still handled everything. We might set the appointments and, and get them there, but there was still that person to sign on the dotted line. Well, the moment he passed away, there wasn't. And during that period of time where they were living with us from their original house to ours, they moved from uh, Brookhaven to Brandon, which is where we live. So they changed school districts. They, um, my brother's job changed during that period of time, so they kind of got some private party insurance under him. Well, when someone you know is the, uh, I guess the the head whole, head household name on an insurance policy passes away, presumably that that goes away with him. The policy goes away, yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I had battles with school districts in Brookhaven, Lincoln County, not willing to give uh, school records to Rankin County to get them enrolled. Um, again, no doctor legally can see them without a guardian and that wasn't there. And they all knew us. A lot of the doctors that we go to are friends of mine and they knew the situation, but again, they had their professional obligations. Well, yeah, they they have legal obligations. I get it, but man, what a terrible situation. So what is it? So what is the legal? How does a kid get to see a doctor when there's no, but when there's no legal guardian, what is the process? There wasn't one. So uh, immediately, again, with our doctors, you know, we file an emergency order for custody um, and nothing happens overnight. This was in October. We were kind of leading into Thanksgiving holidays. This is October 21. October 13th of 21. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I think two weeks later we had Halloween, which, again, an occasion that the kids are usually excited about. We had to ramp up and kind of get excited for just to keep some normalcy. So we did that. Um, but because that's the path. That's right. I mean, that's the goal to get things back to as normal as possible for the kids. So if, if it's dressing up and doing Halloween, if it's Thanksgiving, but then you go into that first holiday and I don't want to steal your thunder here, but I just can just imagine going to that first holiday season mm-hmm. without either one of their parents. Yeah. man. we thought of my, my wife and I kind of sat down and thought of all different opportunities. We, we looked at, can we just take them like on a Disney cruise for the holiday and to create some new memories and not be here? Um, we ended up not and we were surrounded by family and, and everything was great. It was different. There was a part of us missing. And, um, you know, we all had our normal conversations that we do at get togethers, but we knew that something was missing for sure. This is my brother of 35 years and we've celebrated every 
holiday the same way. Um, the difference being, though, there was an obvious person missing, number one. The kids were still getting adjusted, but I can't say this over and over again that I look back at God's blessing where these kids were not stripped from a home immediately after their second parent passed away. It's the same place they went to bed the night before. They woke up the same way that next day. Um, God provided that landed strip there. He did. He gave so many opportunities for them to be comfortable where they were, for us to be comfortable where we were. And you know that, that night that my brother passed away, um, we did have to make some pretty big adjustments to hide them from just what comes with that situation, right? I mean, there's bells and whistles and lights that come, and that's just what Param- happens. Paramedics and, exactly. and just everything that's there. Yeah. So, How, do, how does that play out? Yeah. Because um, pa- the point of this, I want to paint – I, I can't think of a better word. I want to paint the ugliest picture possible for people out there listening. To th- This ain't a pretty picture. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to understand what the family goes through when this happens. So Agreed. And, and I think if my brother were here today, he – he would say, I wouldn't, wish, I wouldn't wish what's happened on my worst enemy. And I would say the same thing walking through that. He would have not painted me in this corner that I've been in in the last couple of years. But he did, right? And there's some anger. There, there's a lot of anger that flies through me on a daily basis that I, I did have to walk into this path. But I know he wouldn't intentionally have put it there sure. on me. So when, when the, your brother's passed away, he's in the house, the kids are in the house. Do, do y'all have to just hide them in another room while... Yeah, everybody's there. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a raw part that I don't know that a lot of folks know about. But uh, ultimately, the kids were at my house. Uh, it was kind of late evening, six o'clock, seven o'clock, I think, and we'd gotten the kids ready for bed. So around seven thirty, eight o'clock, he went in there and put two of them to bed. The oldest two, I believe, were at soccer practice or something with my wife. So it was just me and him and the youngest two at my house. Uh, I, I don't know that I shared this part on air in a you and I talk, but we live next door uh, to my parents. And that's really where my brother resided for the most part is he, uh, he had a bedroom and stayed there with, with them. So y'all kind it, of on a compound yeah, there. It, yeah. it was just, I mean, we walked across a sidewalk, so it, it's all in one place, but Anyway, he said, you know, I got a little bit of a headache tonight. I'm going to put the kids in, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go try to shake this this headache and go on to bed. And then it was a little early, but nothing big deal. So he went on, and, you know, I went and got my nightly routine started after the kids were in bed, still waiting on the other ones to get back. Um, and this kind of goes into the part of how close-knit family we were. My, my mom and dad were out of town, and they generally make a phone call at night just to kind of check in on the day, see how everybody's doing. And uh, she called my brother. He didn't get an answer. And then she called me, and we kind of talked through. And you know, she said, "Hey, it's it's a little odd for him to be asleep this late. Will you just go check on him." I was like, "Yeah, no big deal. Same thing I always do." So I put my slippers on and walk across the sidewalk, and you know, go over there and I see that there's a light on. I open the door, just give him a little heads up. Hey, I'm about to walk in. Um, didn't really hear anything, so I just kept going and look around the house. Didn't see anything, and um. You know, ultimately, after making a circle two or three times, thinking maybe he just passed out and fell asleep, and he's sleeping hard, snoring. He snored like a, a wild man, but um, I found him, you know, there in uh, purple and blue. I mean, I don't want it to get gruesome, but that's what it was, and, and I knew in my heart of hearts that that's all there was to it, but made all the phone calls, got the bells and whistles coming. They worked for about 40, 40 50 minutes. Great crew. Gave everything they can. You know, all the folks come now with Narcan and um, yeah, you got that Langford Volunteer Fire Department right there, man. Those guys are great. Fantastic people. Yep. And, and I think they were as heartbroken as I was to, to see the outcome that was happening. But, 
So all that to say, this to my story specifically, the kids didn't see anything. Um, you know, I, I gathered my wife and we got our thoughts together, and we again we just kind of go into warrior mode. That's what we are for these kids. We we are the fighters that we have to be. I don't have the opportunity to mourn and grieve every day like some folks. I've got five other people that I'm responsible for every single day that I got to man up for. Look, and I, I want to commend you. Um, not just for what you've done with the kids, but <clears throat> what you've had to do with the sister-in-law and then discovering your brother. I'm guessing you had to call your parents, yeah, you know, and, and break that news. That would have broken a lot of people. I mean, and they would have found their way. Lesser men would have found their way into the bottom of a bottle, the bottom of a pill bottle, whatever. And, and it would have broken them, but it, it seems to have made you stronger yeah well and your wife and it, your, I, it, I don't want to forget I, I definitely don't want to forget your wife in this scenario at all because i mean i, I she, she's obviously your rock yeah and uh god as well and um man, it, it's amazing to hear this and again we're, I'm, I, I'm going through this this morning because if you're going through this out there in radio land or podcast land this is what these are the repercussions that you leave your family with potentially so, Knowing you wouldn't want to do this. And absolutely. That's the whole point. I'm, I'm not telling this story to get any pats on the back. It is to, if I can prevent one other family from walking through the hellacious firestorm, um, if this could shake you straight in some way, I've got some contacts for you. I'll share them. We'll, we'll help you through that. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to hear the rest of the story about uh, getting full custody, getting custody of the kids and that battle. And uh, getting them in school and everything. And uh, we're going to open the phone lines up. The Dustin Bailey at Southern Magnolia's Realty phone line is 601-879-0002. The Guns and Gear text line, 769-241-1944. We'll be right back after this break on 103.9 WYAB. All right, welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. We are live here in the Mack Hike of Flowood Studio. And you may be thinking to yourself, hey, I'm hungry. What is for lunch today? It's raining. I don't feel like um, cooking or any of those crazy things. How about you get out to the gathering right here in Madison County, right there uh, at Livingston Mercantile in the town of Livingston. Um, Today's special, today's Tuesday, it's Hamburger Steak Day. Man, Look, everything they got out there is great. I imagine the hamburger steak falls right in line with that as well. Uh, the Gathering Restaurant is on the corner of Highway 22 and Highway 463 near Madison. Uh, they deliver an abundance of goods for you to enjoy. Enjoy their Blue Plate Specials for lunch every day, or every uh, Tuesday through Sunday, closed on Mondays, featuring the Gathering's famous fried pork chops and the best, uh, which they say is the best fried pork chop on earth, and um, I'm going to hold them to that. I'm going to call that a challenge. Uh, let's say every day you also get the gumbo or the tomato basil soup served all day. In the evenings, you can enjoy butcher cut steaks, fresh seafood, golden brown, fried catfish, savory pastas, and delicious salads. Enjoy an excellent brunch on Saturday from 10 to 2 as well. Also, hey, they got live music every Sunday night. Check out their Instagram or Facebook page for further uh, or for other special music performances. The Gathering also offers uh, family meals to go. Check them out. You can give them a call today at 601-667-4282. And again, today's lunch special, hamburger steak. All right. I'm joined in the studio this morning by Brad Burleson. Uh, we've been telling the story of his um, sister-in-law and brother passing and him becoming, him and his wife becoming the parents of 
there are three kids that were left behind and the ripple effects that causes a family. Uh, Brad, so we, we wrapped up the last segment with you discovering your brother and protect the kids from that, uh, finding some, trying to, you know, find some normalcy after that. So let's talk about, if we kind of skipped over it a little bit, but let, let's talk about the process of getting these kids adopted and everything that you had to go through to get them in school and the whole nine yards there. Yeah. So we had, I call it an unfair advantage because um, after my sister-in-law passed away, uh, we had a custody battle, believe it or not, uh, with my brother and um, his mother-in-law at the time. Um, well, yeah, I'm sure. And, and I thought about that while you were talking a little earlier that from the from the 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 wife's point her family side yeah i mean obviously that's their connection to their daughter Mm -hmm. you know and uh any feelings aside family's blood's blood Mm -hmm. you know and i I imagine that's been difficult on both sides it has um but again kids belong with their parents and that's the state's view as well good bad or indifferent look this situation it was it was the right situation I could also see in some cases when it's not the right situation, but the state's view is still that it's the child's position is with their parents. And that's a tough burden to overcome legally from what I've understood. And I say unfair advantage because uh, we we walk through every day of that battle with my brother um, in the courtroom. So we already had somewhat of all those things in place set up um, to work on custody so he could get them, right? So the moment that I found out what had happened with my brother, this was 1130 at night, I sent a text to my attorney, hey, we got to get on the ball. Um, this is what I need to happen. And you know, immediately he's at midnight calling me saying, you got to be kidding me, number one. I'm so sorry, number two. I'll have the motions filed in the morning at eight, number three. So we filed for emergency custody at that point, but that nothing happens quickly. And that's where I led into understanding that uh, kids got to go to the doctor. What in the world do we do? Now, obviously, I have learned after the fact that you go to a hospital, if a kid breaks an arm, they're going to treat them no matter what. But just calling up the doctor because we think we're dealing with a flu symptom, they don't really... That that doesn't change what they can do legally. Well, you don't want to to take a kid to the emergency room because they they have a temperature, a fever. Right. You come out with more than you went in with. Yeah. <laughs> but so all that to say is we we had all the parts in place to go ahead and start the adoption period. And we did. Uh, man, we had people come into our house to interview us. We had, and I say people, this more of the adoption process, not like uh, reporters. They had to come see what type of conditions the house was in. They had to talk to the kids. And, and of course, the kids answered just like they would. Yeah, this is our house. This is where we live. This is my bedroom. Let me take you in there. Um, we made some adjustments to our home once they lived there. Uh, I got kicked out of my office. That's now a bedroom. Um, <laughs> and, and it's so funny, again, looking back, that well, we built a home 10 years ago with one kid in mind, and somehow all these people still have a bedroom, and we just we had the unknowing forethought to have this space already prepared for them. So it, it's been a lot to look back on and see um, that we had no idea what we were doing, but it had a purpose in place. Where do you go to church? We go to Pine Lake. Been there for uh, about 13 years. Uh, can't say enough about our campus pastors and the, the folks that have surrounded us, uh, whether it be the children's pastors. But you know, my, my pastor specifically is Steve Parton. He was standing on my doorstep at 1130 that night when I found my brother, um, you know, just to, to walk through and, and plan the services with me. I, we were talking off the air. 
when I was sitting at 37 years old, would I say that I had planned and picked music for uh, my sister-in-law and my brother's funeral? That That's not something I had on my to-do list. Yeah, so you're 37. Or 38 now. 38 yeah. now. Yeah. Man, I would tell you, a, a, a strong church home can, can obviously make a huge difference. Yeah. You know, and then when tragedy strikes, uh, they'll be the first person in line. They will, and... We've gone there long enough that I've heard the naysayers that, you know, it's, it's a huge church. You can get lost. And I'm I'm here to tell you, as someone that likes to fly under the radar, that's not the case. You find your circle. You find, we talked at the very beginning, the ripple effect of one person affecting three more. That's what happens. We empower folks at Pine Lake that you might not have the pastor checking on you every day, but that person has been empowered from the pastor to come see you every day. They have a network. That's right. Yeah, I mean, look, I've jokingly called pine lake six flags over jesus multiple times you know but it's not i don't mean it as an insult you know i just mean it, it's a, it's a big place I and mean, it's a lot of moving parts out there and uh but you know I, I, people rave about this chip is that the pastor chip henderson people yeah. rave about chip and i've never heard a bad word about him and people that go there love the church yeah. and if, if man look if you were in church don't let nobody hate on you for going to church it don't matter what church you're, you're going to it's, whether it's two people in there or two thousand people in there uh find you a church home and get comfortable you do. And, and I think this idea behind addiction, you've got to surround yourself. And I use the term all the time, get in the foxhole. You've got to surround yourself with people that are, number one, are going to hold you accountable, but they also have to challenge you. They have to inspire you. Um, addiction, I guess it is. It's the toughest battle you're going to fight of your life if you get in that spiral. But you're not going to come out of it surrounding yourself with people that are doing the same things as you are. That's the only way I, I was able to. I say the only way, God's way is the only way. But the way I was able to to get sober was to change my phone number yeah. and go into hiding, basically. Just work home, work home. Stay, you got to stay away from from negative influences. It, it's not it's not a knock at those people, man. I'm sure it, 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 in their hearts they're good people. They're not, they're not trying, it's, but it's kind of this misery loves company kind of thing. And People just unintentionally drag you down into their misery. I don't think they want to see you climb out of it. If they're not there, and, and I'd ask your opinion, but I believe it has to start with your mindset. I can send you to a rehab. I can force you to go against your will. You're just going to check the box and come back out of it the same way. Yeah, You know, we were talking off air a little bit. and it, I had the same conversation with the guy I worked with, Casey, a friend of mine, the other day talking about diet and food and, and everything. Man, it's you got to be able to control what you put in your body. Yeah. That it, it sounds so simple. It's like, well, if I can control anything, I have control over that. Nobody forces me to put anything in my body, uh, except unless it's a vaccine, but another show, <laughs> another show for another day. Um, <laughs> but you know, you, you got to be able to control, have self control, you know, but to your point about rehab, you, you got to want it, man. You it's cliche. God is cliche, but until you want it, you can do all the rehabs. You can, Go be 90, 30, 120 days, six months. But can you, do you want it when you get out? Right. Did you want it when you went in? Hell, you know, and that's where, that's where the rubber meets the road. I wrote letters to my brother every day. Um, he got a phone call every two weeks, I think it was, and we'd always talk. And he got to make friends with the folks that were there. He would tell me stories of this is so-and-so's 11th trip through. I mean, 11 times to say that we're going to get this right, something is not clicking. Something's not working. And maybe that 11th time is the charm. But for me, outside looking in, I just keep thinking, you never really wanted it. If you got to go through that many times, something hasn't clicked yet. 
and probably what's going to take is a pine box of a close friend, a loved one, something that shakes you to your core. Nobody wants to go through that, but it's going to take that emotional turn. And unfortunately, the pine box did get there. And, and, and or, Yeah, it did. Or, let me ask this. Was he, were they visibly, I think you answered this earlier, but were they visibly addicts or struggling when she passed or were they just man- kind of managing an everyday addiction and everyday life and, just, and it was just a bad pill? 100%, the, the latter. So, man, it was the classic, we are running ragged every day, chasing kids, late for everything, looking rough maybe, but it's because we're late to get there, right? We, we three kids. Yeah. And- uh, we were managing an issue and lucked up on something bad. Well, then when she passed away and life happens and you start to spiral, you start to, from what I understand of this type of addiction, is it's a stacker. You, you take more and more and more to get the effects because you've built up some type of stamina towards it. It's probably the bad way to explain it, but that's what it is. Yeah. And um, well, it's, like, it's like being able to get drunk off one beer or 12 beers. You work up a tolerance. That's right. And and so as you're working up that tolerance, different symptoms or effects would happen. And that's when I would start to call out those deals. And it would always be sloughed off as, no, just didn't sleep well tonight or something along those lines. And after a while, I'm like, yeah, I fell off a turnip truck. That didn't happen. Well, yeah, you start seeing recurring themes. Right. It's like, yeah, well, last time that this happened, you were doing this or vice versa. Yeah. You know, I'm glad we went back and revisited the, you know, the original situation with, with the wife passing, because a lot of people think that, you know, you hear about somebody overdosing. Oh, well, that's just a, you know, that's just a crack kid. That was somebody that was at rock bottom and they were already at death's door. And I'm telling you, that's not what it is now. No, this is everyday life. The folks that you bump into at the grocery store and you hear a pill bottle clingle in their purse, maybe. Yeah. Um, It's not, you're not going to see it most likely having a very uh, top level conversation with somebody. Hey, we got a text, I, and I, I'm going to clear this up real quick because I think I know the answer. You were, before your brother passed, y- y'all were fighting for custody, for your brother, correct? Y'all were, or were y'all trying to get custody yourselves before your brother passed? No, no, it was with my brother, um, someone was trying to take them from him. He had yeah. moved in with me, and I still believe to this day the best place for those children are, are with their parent, number one. Yeah. But the support system that was built into where he was living at the time, there couldn't have been a better place for him. No, the, the last thing we do is snatch them out of that. Yeah. I mean, remove them for both of their parents? And, and you know, take them back? Why would you do that? But, look, I get, again, from the other family's perspective, I understand in a, in a way that's their connection to their deceased daughter. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough thing, and that's what the court systems are for. Yeah, it is, and and we had a, a fair deal walk through, I guess, from a judge standpoint. And he still said, you know, let me get this straight. This is a father that maybe has some issues, but knowing his issues, he has now taken his kids to a place that allows him to get help and the kids to be taken care of. I'm in favor of this. Those were the judge's words. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't want to belabor on that point because we have fully adopted these children. They uh, carry my last name. They know who their their parents are now. Um, 
That's an interesting scenario. They didn't have to legally change their last name, did they? They didn't. Um, I mean, it just, it, I guess it's legal, but it was the same last name as like two Smiths marrying each other, you know, or something like that. But so that that that, that has to make the transition easier. It does. And, and man, I learned so much again through that process that I never thought I would know. There is uh, birth certificates issued, reissued when you're adopted. And, you know, yes, your time and day stays the same. But the name on that birth certificate swaps. I mean, it literally looks like we are the the uh, live-born parents of children. This is probably an irrelevant question. I'm just curious. Do the Social Security numbers stay the same, or do they change when they do that? Do you know? It's, they stay the same, but the name on it could. You know, obviously, if, if my name changed to Smith or whatever, or yeah. when they got adopted. But their, their numbers do stay the same. Okay, interesting. All right, let's take a break real quick. We'll be right back. This is The Clay Edwards Show, joined live in the studio by Brad Burleson on our Testimonial Tuesday We'll be right back on 103.9 WYAB. All right, welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. We are live here in the Mack Hike of Flowood Studio. This segment is going to be brought to you by Guns and Gear, located right out there in Gluckstadt. Man, look, the home of No Limit Ammo, located right there at 1716 Highway 51 North in Gluckstadt. You can shop them online 24-7 at Guns and Gear ms.com i follow them on social media too for their deal of the day i tell you they had to get very creative because of uh facebook's hatred for guns and uh, they post their their special of the day as a recipe of the day so uh, very creative man very creative give them a call give them a holler go see them in person whatever you got to do for all of your uh coating needs gunsmithing needs ammo needs and of course they sell guns that's guns and gear Located right there in Gluckstadt. All right, I'm joined in the studio this morning by Brad Burleson. He he lost his brother and sister-in-law to to drugs, to fentanyl overdoses, uh, because they thought they had bought a, p- a normal pill, and it wasn't. It was a uh, you know they say one pill can kill, and that is the truth. I mean, it literally takes a a prick size amount of fentanyl to kill you. Yeah, and they say that one out of every three houses is affected as some type of addiction, but that fentanyl, 81,000 people died last year of of opioid overdose, and that increased by 10,000 just from the previous year. So it, it is going the wrong direction. Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, not to get into the political stuff on, on this particular show today, but when you have the borders wide open and you're doing nothing down there, you have China sending it to Mexico. That's where the fentanyl is coming from, is China. You have them sending it to Mexico, and you have our border from Mexico wide open. It's going to happen, and it's only going to get worse. You know, you see in these urban cities, uh, Philadelphia, Jackson, uh, the, the these zombies walking around, and it's either from fentanyl or meth or a combination of all of it. Because uh, once you kind of go down the rabbit hole deep enough, high is high. Yeah, and heroin leads really easier to get than a lot of these pills are. Absolutely, because uh, it's, it's through the black market. It's not managed by a doctor and a pharmacy, and uh, there's no lock and key required. No. It's just risk your life to go get it. But uh, it's, a, it's a dangerous situation. So um, we've talked a lot about unintended consequences and things that you've had to learn along the way today. Mm-hmm. And I, I, again, I can't preach this loud enough. If you're listening today and you're struggling with addiction, these are the things that you in, may end up leaving behind for your family to have to deal with. And that's why we wanted to do this show today. Or if you're a family dealing with an addict, make sure they hear this. 
you know, reach out to Brad. I'm sure you're available for consultation if somebody wants to send you a message, I imagine. I'm happy to talk. I'm easy to find. A Google search will get me generally. But, you know, I've learned the seven stages of grief. I've learned that you can feel like you have climbed that mountain, moving over the top of that mountain, going on the downhill side, wake up one morning, and you're back to step one again. And there's no difference in your attitude. It's just the way this stuff affects you. And I'm a year on the other side of it. I'm I'm doing everyday life, staying busy with uh, obviously the kids, my business. Nothing has changed on that aspect of it. It's just simply what strikes your memory as as something that um, can draw you back to day one. Well, you know, look forecasting ahead a little bit. It, it ain't over, brother. I mean, there's going to be times where you do these. You have four girls. There's going to be daddy daughter dances. Yeah, we've had those. All these things, you know, it's going to be it's going to be that scab ripped off mm-hmm. every time. You know, I mean, those are going to be great memories that you have with them, but it's still going to be a memory for you thinking that should have been their dad. hundred percent. And look, raising four girls ain't for the weak of heart on any day (laughs) without these crazy circumstances. Uh, We're getting to the point of hormones are kicking in. (laughs) I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm hoping that the wife handles that portion of it. Uh, We have our duties in the household, but, you know, regardless, this has made my family stronger. It has aged my family more than I would uh, ever wish upon them. You know, if you look at a photograph, we, we had a family photograph taken um, really when my brother and the girls moved in with us. It looks distinctly different today than it did a year ago, than it did two years ago or three years ago. We were, as a family unit, we were very particular, or I shouldn't say particular, we were... Um, always trying to get photographs of the different years just to keep how the kids grow. So we had extended families where, you know, my brother and his wife and their kids were in the same group photo and we kind of have those staged around our house and they just look different today. Yeah. It, it'll weather you. It'll absolutely weather you. But I, I bet you have a lot more patience now than you had a year ago. I have patience. I've lost control. You know, there was a day where uh, I walked into the house and my thumb was on everything. I knew what was going on. I just get told where to show up now, what to bring and what to pay for. That's yeah. pretty much it. I let uh, I let the cards fall where they may as far as what we sign up for, what we agree to do. Um, and it is a blast. We're We're living somewhat of a dream where we're just trying to ensure these kids have all their needs met. And they are. Well, you know, when you let Jesus take the will. That's right. I mean, again, cliche term, but it sounds like that's what y'all have done. You just kind of let Jesus take the will, and you, you let go of some control, let your wife captain that ship and kind of navigate it, and you've accepted your role, she's accepted hers, and you seem to both be doing very successfully with it. We are. I mean, again, it took us a little while to kind of understand what lanes we stay in, what battles we're going to fight. That's the other thing. You, oh, you, gosh, you pick yes. them so wisely. It's not worth going down some of those uh, rabbit holes. Um, but I will tell you, kind of as we, we close this deal, I have found some really great programs um, that I'm happy to share. Broadmoor Baptist in Madison has a fantastic counseling program. There's one specific counselor there that her life's work is uh, prescription medi- prescription medication addiction. Happy to share that. I don't want to put her on blast and get all the information out there, but if someone needs that, Get in touch with us. I will hook you up with her. She, she is um, an angel walking on earth that will walk you through these processes. Look, I'll tell you, it's tough. And hey, it, it, it ain't just pain pills either, folks. Uh, that's what we're kind of focused on a little bit today because of the fentanyl tie-in, and that's what 
took the lives of his brother and sister and all. But um, I, if you got a family member that's addicted to your Zoloft type pills, your Xanaxes, your Adderalls, uh, we've done multiple shows here on these Testimonial Tuesdays with people who started out being prescribed ADD medication and ended up shooting up meth and IV use and, and everything else. So if you know you got a problem, uh, address it early. And uh, this type of program can can help that, obviously. Nope. To kind of leave you, man, these these kids, um, they're always going to have that memory of what their family started out like. And I think they're going to have a story that they're going to tell their kids one day. But my prayer every single night is that they do have enough knowledge and they were shooken enough that they never cross those same paths again. Let, let me ask you this. And this may be way too personal of a question. So if you don't want to answer it, feel free. Do, do the girls call y'all mom and dad? No, that's a that's another funny story that it's adjusted how my daughter calls me something. So when they first came two and a half, three years ago, the littlest one, like I said, was, uh, man, she was barely four, I believe, at the time. Uh, my wife's name is Leanne, and she couldn't say that. She hadn't had all her pronunciations right. She calls her Lan, L-A-N. And literally our friend circle, the kids, my parents, everyone has now adopted that name as Lan. And uh, I'm Brad. And my daughter, you know, I'm good with it. She has adjusted from dad to Brad most times. And it's just because that's how we refer to around our house. I'm never going to force that issue. I'm not their dad, but I'm everything that their dad was to them. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, that's just one of those little things that, you know, how, how does the, the, the everyday life unfold? Yeah, and I hear them occasionally say, you know, my parents are here. And because we are, right? Yeah. Um, they'll They'll refer to us in certain ways, but... We're not replacing anybody, and we never want to. But we uh, we know in their heart that they're never going to not have that support system. How are they? You know, we haven't talked about them a whole lot because they're kids. Um, how are they adjusting at this point? Kids are resilient. Um, goodness, that's that's an old cliche there too. But they are. They've had their moments over time. Now, I will tell you that our oldest one, my brother's oldest, um, she has befriended another kid that's gone through some similar um, type history and I'll hear them talking very openly about what had happened but just out in the general uh, public when folks don't really know our story they just refer to us as their parents excellent excellent yeah. alright let, let's take a break here come back we'll have about a three or four minute segment to land the plane for the day this is the Clay Edwards Show joined by Brad Burleson we'll be right back on 103.9 WYAB it can rule, baby. And uh, y'all may notice the uh, tower is back to full signal there. It happened in that last commercial break. So kudos to the boss man, Matt, for uh, efforting that situation this morning out there in the rain at the tower site. Thank you, Matt. I'm sure the rest of the host today will enjoy having full power. Uh, speaking of which, Mike Madison is up next, followed by Jameson Haygood. Uh, he's, Jameson's show has moved from two to four to the 11 to 12 o'clock segment packing it all into one hour that is jameson haygood then followed by dana then charlie kirk is now on our radio station in the afternoons leading into the kim wade show from four to six so be sure to check out the entire plethora of conservative talk radio here on wyab we are live in the matt kike fluid studios i've got Brad Burleson here in the studio with me, man. We've gone through the highs and the lows. Well, there's really not any highs. <laughs> We've gone through the lows of of losing a family member or and two family members to addiction and the adoption process. 
and the, the struggles that come with it, how ugly, you know, having to f- find your deceased brother can be. And we just, we do all this, man, because it ain't fun to talk about. You know, I've almost broken down in tears three different times this morning, at least. And because I think about how that could have been my family. And I think about the grief you're going through and that your family goes through. And we haven't even talked about your parents too much and with the grief they had to go through and just your whole family. And, uh, the process of, of dealing with that. So, man, I really appreciate you coming in this morning and bearing all for everybody. Uh, we got about a minute left. How would you like to close it out? Yeah, it's been a raw morning. And, you know, again, this was not some pat on the back. This is not something that I'm looking to, to grow. It is something that I just want to offer help to anybody. Um, maybe a year out allows me to be a little more open and honest, but also a year out has given me a little perspective to be able to um, see the path that somebody else can take. And if people want to find you, they can just Google Brad Burleson, Brandon, Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, our, our company is Ulist. It's out there a lot. We do a, a lot of residential real estate. That's that's what my passion is outside of my family. But um, th- they'll see us there on all the socials. We do a lot of crazy antics on a daily basis. My uh, my cohort is is my dog, Jane. She goes to work with me every day. And, and you know, that's that's kind of our family. We got these four girls, my wife, and, and we got the bird dog, Jane. Yeah, man. Uh, I've got a couple dogs, too, and they're definitely my cohorts as well. I had to take one to the vet yesterday and uh, got her uh, cleared up, we'll say. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, look, man, brother, I appreciate you coming in this morning. We'll keep you in our prayers. And uh, look, if you're out there listening, you need help, get it. This is the Clay Edwards Show. See you. See you. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.